Are we ready to rumble? It's like what these microphones remind me of. <laughs> yeah, 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 just yeah, lowers yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you know that he trademarked that? As that well, guy? he should. The host guy. Yeah, he's like trademarked the the way of saying. Yeah, like in the whole like expression and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So only he's allowed to say it. So. I'll have to edit that, edit, edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Welcome to How Did It Come To This, where the questions of today are answered in the events of yesterday. Sitting across from me is a woman who only reads the tabloids for the crosswords. Siobhan, how are you today? I'm well. Hi. Hi. Uh, And next to me is a man who won't believe what he is reading unless it comes from Wikipedia, our producer, James. How are you, James? Yeah, good, good. Uh, Glad you're here this week for fact-checking purposes. Um, he's set mm. up. He's set up with his screen again this week, which yeah. is incredibly great for us. Uh, is it connected though? <laughs> it seems to not be. So I'm, I'm hoping he sorts that one yep. out. Fact check your sort own out. equipment, James. <laughs> Terrible. All right. Mm. Well, this week, media has an essential place in a democracy. Its job is to inform the constituents on the day-to-day life of its people, giving them the best information to make informed decisions about how they are governed, giving them facts about the world they live in, and hopefully allowing them to change that world. But how free is the media? When does bias become a liability? Well, from a young boy in Melbourne to media mogul, from relative obscurity to becoming the influence upon generations of people's thoughts. This week, we follow the rise of Rupert Murdoch. How does the media control our day-to-day? Should personal politics inform our news? When is a company too big? Will I ever get the 20th Century Fox music out of my head? Ultimately, how did it come to this? All the time. Um, just quick, quick story. Yeah. I have a friend whose father. We would sit down to watch a movie. Yeah. And the joke always was that he would fall asleep before the end of the of that the yeah. 20th Century yeah. Fox jingle, and then he'd wake up again at the end of the movie and be like, "Oh, that was good, wasn't it?" <laughs> good one, Dad. Yeah. Well done. Um, yeah. So um, this this week we're having a look at Rupert Murdoch, who has recently come to our attention in Australia mm-hmm. because our former Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd, has launched a bit of a campaign yes. to have a look into Rupert Murdoch's empire, uh, News Limited. Um, we'll, we'll get into this a bit later, but uh, News Limited owns much of Australia's media yeah. corporations. Well, like according to The Guardian, it's 70% of the circulation Um yeah. So um, the influence would be significant. It would I think be. We would say fairly yeah. significant. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, I uh, I read this article uh, earlier in the week, which is uh, from the Guardian uh, Australia, uh, and it's called "Culture of Fear: Why Kevin Rudd is Determined to See an End to Murdoch's Media Dominance." 
Uh, and so I'll just read a little bit for us. Uh, former Australian Prime Minister Kevin Rudd has embarked on what he says is an immensely challenging endeavour to have a public conversation about the power of Rupert Murdoch in a country gripped by a culture of fear due to his dominance of the media. A week ago, Rudd launched a petition to the federal parliament calling for a royal commission into News Corp's conduct in Australia and its overwhelming control of the print media. And so far, the petition in this article, the petition was up to 280,000 signatures, but I read that as of this morning, um, so I I read this earlier this morning, so this is like six hours old, so it might even be more now, but it was was at 400,000 signatures. Yep. Good job. Um, and what was what did you say was the uh, record for an online petition? The what? record for an online petition to the Australian government yeah. was four hundred and four thousand signatures. I reckon this will beat it. So it's probably yeah. and I reckon we'll have a big part to play in that <laughs> by talking well, yeah, about it now. Yeah, our, our two <laughs> listeners in Switzerland, get on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're welcome, Kevin. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So look, uh, Kevin Rudd has launched this petition and yes. and. Um, into into Murdoch's media empire. So we thought it might be good to have a look at. Yeah. How did it come to this? Yeah. yeah. And and try and kind of pinpoint where we let it go, I guess, as a country yeah. and as a world, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's blown me away in the research that I've been doing is um, obviously his influence in Australia is pretty well known, um, mm. but his influence in uh, Britain and America, um, it really did blow me away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, this, it's, it's a, global thing and the sway that he's had in really important events uh, like Brexit and the election of Trump, um, yeah, it it bears um, examining. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, let's go. Well, let's, let's, let's jump back in time then. Um, And uh, to do that, uh, we need to Make our way back in time. How are we doing it this week? Oh well, I um I didn't get anything special for this week. No, well, fair enough. You can't get a you know, sound bite of not, Murdoch saying "Let's go back in time." Well, no, that's true. Um, <laughs> He's an important guy. He doesn't. But have time I thought we'd I thought we'd go back to Old Faithful. So cool. Let's let's head back in time. We're gonna go. We're gonna go a fair way back. Actually, we're gonna go back to the eighteen hundreds. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, okay. So this is where we're actually. <laughs> is this when he was born? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Not quite. Not quite. All right. Let's uh, let's head on back to the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Well, thank you, Wayne and Garth, and we have arrived uh, in 1885 when Keith Arthur Murdoch was born. Ah. Um, and I felt like we, we should start with Daddy Murdoch yeah. because Daddy Murdoch leads to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plays a big role in yeah, Rupert Murdoch. He does. Yeah. Um, so I just thought I'd, I'd quickly just go over a couple of things that, that Keith Murdoch was, was famous for. Mm-hmm. He was actually um, a, a journalist himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he was beaten out by Charles Bean to oh, become oh, wow. the official correspondent for World War One. Yeah. Um, so he went, he go. went he was a to be, yeah, he was a contender, but he, wow. he lost to Charles Bean who um, for, for our Australian listeners, you hopefully would know who that is, but for everyone else, Charles Bean um, is quite a famous uh Historian, I guess, really for us, yeah. um, and and we he he chronicled the first chronicles World War. the first world war, mm. and he is instrumental in the setting up of our war memorials here in Australia. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's quite famous for us, but uh, yeah, Keith Keith then did actually end up going to the war as a journalist. Cool. Uh, he was at Gallipoli and he mm-hmm. uh, covered a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, when he came home, uh, he started his own media empire mm-hmm. um, and is actually uh, the guy who starts News Limited. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so he uh, 
he's yeah running running newspapers for for a little while. Yep. Does it um, does it get to like national scale? Or yeah. So he was he owned or oh, now okay. Hang on. He owned. He definitely owned the Adelaide Advertiser, mm. um, and I believe he owned a paper in Melbourne as well. Right. Maybe the Melbourne Herald. I think. Right. If I'm correct. Okay. Um, and so he had, you know, yeah. had a couple of things. Yeah. Um, but uh, upon his death, um, you know, actually, he was grooming Rupert as well yeah. in terms of. You know, yeah. becoming, in my you know, follow my footsteps, yeah, you know, yeah, take yeah. over the, the family business, yeah. the, the journalism business, yeah. uh, which uh, he did. He, you know, obviously Rupert grows up to be a journalist too. Mm. Um, but upon upon Keith's death, um, they had to sell a couple of things yeah. um, from the media empire. Yeah. Uh, and what was left over was uh, the paper in Adelaide mm-hmm. and News Limited. Yeah. So they were the two entities yeah. that, that Rupert inherits. And I read somewhere that there was actually, like he died actually quite suddenly and early and then the, the board of the newspaper kind of shoved Rupert out a little bit, I think, okay. which, which is what led to his drive. He actually had to go back and, and as he when he became successful, he re-bought those papers back as just a bit of a, I'm back, <laughs> like, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. yeah, I think um, like that that's part of the story as well. Um, he wasn't quite ready to take over when his dad suddenly died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you yeah. go. I didn't, hmm. I didn't know that. There bit. you go. Um, all right. So uh, Ruben Murdoch is born in 1931 mm-hmm. uh, in Melbourne and uh, he has a, a fairly wealthy yeah. existence, affluent upbringing, affluent up, upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of brings himself around, does a couple of things, Jolong Grammar School, yep. uh, works part-time at the Melbourne Herald. Yep. Has um, a job lined up. Yeah, you know, really uh, much. <laughs> ends up studying philosophy, politics and economics at Worcester College in Oxford. Ooh. Um, he was a member of the Oxford University Labour Party. Oh, really? He was. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and stood for the secretary of the Labour Club. Yeah. <sighs> um, Later on, he manages. <laughs> yeah, he manages the Oxford Student Publications. Yep. Um, paper and um, and then uh, he, uh, yeah, comes back to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, after his dad dies, uh, his dad dies when he is twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, quite young. Yeah. Uh, and so he returns from Oxford to to look after the family business. Sure. Um, yeah. and so yeah, so okay. This is where I found this bit. Okay, yep. so um, yeah, so after after his dad dies, they had to pay off some taxes that yep. his dad owed. So mm-hmm. they sold the Melbourne Herald, uh-huh. which they owned. Um, what was left was News Limited. Yeah, and so Rupert turned uh, his attention to the newspaper in Adelaide, which News owned, um, and then he began. He, he started to make yep. that successful. Yeah, and as they started getting more money, he started buying other things. So he starts buying things like the Sunday Times in Perth. Uh, he starts buying little provincial papers yep. all around the country too. So yep. he's, he's buying like local newspapers. Seems to be um, his gambit. Yeah. We'll talk uh, which, about that a bit later, but yeah. Which at the time too he, he kind of needed to do because yes. Australia's laws in terms of media ownership – yeah. Um, are quite were, were quite stringent. They aren't anymore. Um, <laughs> That's how we came to this. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, were. Um, yeah. yeah, they were quite stringent. Yeah. So you weren't allowed to own multiple media organisations sure. in the yeah. same city, to, yeah. so that you couldn't have too much influence. Yeah. How I think logical? So. Um, yeah, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. So he was buying regional newspapers yeah. so that he didn't ha- own all of Just the major newspapers, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so he was doing he was doing all that kind of stuff, uh, buying up all those newspapers and things. And uh, eventually, he wants to buy 
overseas too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he goes to New Zealand. He buys Mm -hmm. the Dominion paper in New Zealand. Um, He he makes takeover bids for all sorts of other places in like Canada and and eventually – Heads off to the UK as well, yep. buys papers in the UK, eventually coming to America and buying papers in America. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, um, I, I, I looked up list of assets owned oh, by News Corp. I did too. I was, it, was, it blew my mind. So I just, I, I just have the main holdings. Yeah. <laughs> so like the Sun and the Times in the UK, the Daily Telegraph and the Australian here, mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal and New York Post in America, HarperCollins, which I didn't yeah, realise, yep. publishing house, yep. Sky News Australia, Fox News. Um, and I was appalled to find out Vogue Australia. Really? I will never buy it again. Oh. <laughs> Rupert's influencing your fashion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but like some of the things that surprised me too was he has quite a large advertising yeah. holdings as well. He's got a lot of advertising groups in in uh, the UK and in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns a bunch of radio stations all over the place. Yeah. Um, a lot of those things are in sport too. He owns a lot yeah. of sports stuff, yeah. um, which was one of the things that he decided on when he first took over. He was like, okay, how are we going to make things successful? Yeah. What do Australians like? They like sport. sport. <laughs> and so he did. He expanded the sport pages yeah. Yeah. Um, to make them well, I mean, it's. I think it's the first thing my father-in-law reads when he gets to the. Gets yeah, sure. You turn to the back side. page. Yep. <laughs> um, so he made the sports sections bigger. Yep. And then Smart he man. he also decided. Well, on the other end, people don't necessarily want to read boring stuff. Why would you want to read boring stuff? So let's <gasps> let's uh, let's you know let's start the scandal. Let's yep. up the scandal. Yeah. Um. So you know they'll read the sport, then they'll read the scandal. So, yep. um, that was his tactic yep. to make his newspapers. Yeah. Uh, more sellable. Like on on the one hand, it's it's terrible. But on the other hand, you, you have to respect somebody who has reached the pinnacle of their um, like career and profession to the extent that he has. Like obviously he had a helping hand with his just upbringing. Mm. But, I mean, it was one newspaper that he inherited yeah. by the sounds of it and maybe yeah. a handful of local Look, ones. Like you've got to respect he, him for that. <laughs> he, knew, he knew how Smart to give man. the people what they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's what he did. Yeah. And, and a lot of my reading too was that he was very good at um, picking up like the vibe of like reading reading the room and knowing like when it was time to push something, when it was time to drop something. Sure. Um, yeah, he, he had a gift for that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and just some other things too that we didn't mention. Like so he owns, he owns the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Um, you know, um, the New York Post. So he's got yeah. he's got quite a few yeah. influential holdings yeah, yeah, in yeah. America as well. And then um, Fox in America. Fox in America. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, <laughs> he built this from Almost relatively nothing, nothing yeah. which is pretty amazing. Very impressive. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, well, he – so we were talking about – he now owns all these things. Um, but um, I think what I found most interesting was the shift from uh, – so, you know, he's got his focus in the papers on sport and scandal, um, but then – shift to politics. The shift to politics, yeah. right? So when when do you think that started to happen? Well like, – Were you able to put a I – was, I was looking at some stuff um, that was talking about how he – he sort of became friends with uh, Sir John McEwen, mm-hmm. who was the leader of what was the Australian Country Party, which we now call the Nationals. Yep. Um, and they were, um, you know, they were like quite good friends. Yeah. And so uh, Murdoch starts running 
editorials right, yeah. in his papers to help him out. So, so when, when um, was this roughly? Uh, this is in the 1960s. 60s. Oh, so, as early as that. Okay. Um, so uh, I read here in the Australian um, – 15th of July, 1964, mm. on the front page, um, he he wrote, strain in cabinet, liberal CP, Rao Flares. Yeah. Um, so he's um, upping a, a political yeah. issue, yeah. Um, upping a scandal that didn't really necessarily exist to help mm. serve McEwen yeah. Yeah. and help him out. Yeah. Um, and so um, it starts, like that moment starts this long, I want to say courting, Yes. Between Murdoch and Australian oh, political figures. Yeah. Um, which, you know, uh, it's long been said, I feel, in Australia mm. that if you want to win an election, you need to you need Murdoch friends. on your side. Yeah. Well, I watched the um, the documentary on iView that was the three parts, The Rise of the Murdoch Dynasty, yep. and it kind of starts in the 90s um, with a big conference of all the employees on Hayman Island mm-hmm. and Tony Blair comes out. Um, wow. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Tony Blair and um, Keating's there. Okay. And so I think Tony Blair is there just – Set to start the courting process, okay, you know, sure. um, and Keating said to him or to one of his aides or something like, um, Rupert Murdoch, it, when, when you're sort of, uh, establishing this relationship, you need to be aware of the fact that he is only concerned about four things. Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, like, <laughs> And it was just that blatant. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good so. old Paul Keating. He's oh, always good for a quote. It, oh, I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> what a man. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think he must have been the current prime minister at the time. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Murdoch did help Blair get into office. Yeah. Um, and, and was extremely influential in sure. making that election happen. And yeah. so I guess, like, we're going to – I want to leave – the history for a second here. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, so <laughs> no. I, I want to have I want to have a bit of a conceptual discussion with you. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Um, this is one of the things that I would like. I tend to do this a lot when we teach modern. Yeah. I'm sure you probably do too. Um, but in terms of media, yeah. What would you say um, is the biggest influence on politics? So people choosing a si- one a side, side or the other. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest influence on someone? I think the media. Yeah, the media. Yeah. And, and then I'm thinking of a word starting with P. Propaganda. Propaganda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we talk propaganda all the time in history. <laughs> yeah. And when you say propaganda, kids automatically think of like oh. really targeted posters and, mm. and things like that. But yeah. what they don't Understand. tend to think about is You're like- surrounded by it, it guys. <laughs> and, it's, and it's also like, it's just like you pick up a newspaper yeah. and there can be propaganda in that. Yes. Whether you re- recognise yeah. it or not. Yeah. Um, and so- you know. Well, that's the sad reality of this conversation. Like that is yeah. that's what that obviously Kevin Rudd feels it's come to with with Australian media. Yeah. Um, and he in particular is thinking about Queensland and the Queensland election coming up, and then a federal election possibly next year. Sure. Um, like Murdoch has a monopoly in Queensland. Yeah. So if you look at the holdings, um, like there are a couple, a couple of papers in regional New South Wales. Look at Queensland; he owns nearly all of them. Yeah. And Queensland is really important for deciding federal elections. Yeah, yeah, it has been yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, and and so that actually brings me to an interesting point about Kevin Rudd. Yes. Which I, I was reading an interview with him. Um, and when he was talking about when he got elected in 2007, mm. um, he actually flew to New York 
to meet with Rupert Murdoch yeah. wow. um, in 2006 yeah. because he knew yes. if he didn't have Murdoch on his side, he was not going to happen. win, right? Yep. Because John yep. Howard was the incumbent. Yep. He'd been there forever. Yeah. Like everyone, as far as I remember, I mean, I was I was, young, I was still, yeah. I was just out of high school yeah. at this point. And I, I can remember everyone kind of like anyone that I would talk to, I'd be like, oh, I think we should probably get rid of Howard maybe. Yeah. And people be like, no, what are you talking about? It's all good. Like Howard's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're fine. Like why would you change it? Right. Yeah. So like I do remember there being a sense of like in the country, like yeah. Howard's been here a long time. He's doing fine. Why, why change it? Yeah. Um, I, it's interesting. Okay. I remember I was 19 or 20. It was my first federal election that I voted in. And I remember there being this very anti Howard uh, movement with uh, his work choice relations things. Yeah. That was the big one. Yeah. And I think had, I'm not sure how far before that the children overboard thing had been. So children overboard was the election before that. I was think it? it was 2004 okay. maybe. Okay. And, and that like, everyone was like, Oh, he's going to lose that but, election, yeah, but he came he back, yeah. he came back and he yeah. won it even yeah. with the children overboard scandal, which go. was a big, you know, refugee crisis that we had yeah. in Australia. You probably wrote a um, thank you card to Rupert for that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. And that's, I think that's the point, yeah. right? Rupert Murdoch was able to use his papers (laughs) to influence um, people's thoughts on those people. Because I I think the thing is, you know, if you keep running stories on one side, Mm. you're going to influence what people think, right? Yeah. And Um, it's funny, um, like in Britain, it's so much more blatant. Um, Yeah, just from what I saw in the – in the documentary that I watched. So um, he ended up turning on um, Gordon Brown right. and, and deciding, okay, no, he's done. Um, it's time for David Cameron. And like, right. just, just the actual headlines were the sun is setting on the labor party, like and yeah. time for a new, and it was just, it was that blatant. It, there was nothing subtle about it. Whereas I, I think at least in Australia, maybe it's, it's a little bit more subtle. Mm. Um, Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Not as tabloidy, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if I'm wrong in saying that. That's my what I think. Um, look, I, yeah, I, when I was looking at a lot of, like, the uh, the newspapers that, that he owns here, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time I found interesting that uh, it was maybe hard to separate um, – the opinion articles from the factual articles in yeah, a lot of ways. And yeah. I think that's that blurry line of like, is this a, a factual yeah. report on, you know, whatever the government's doing mm. or something, or is it is just unbiased is this, journalism? Or, yeah. Or, or is, is it, it yeah. like, you know, government bashing? Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, Well, this is what Rudd has said. He said, a decade ago when my government produced one-fifth of the level of debt, one-fifth of the size of Scott Morrison's deficit and still kept Australia out of a a recession, Murdoch day in and day out would abuse the news reporting us to define us as bad economic managers. Murdoch ceased being an independent media company and became effectively the coalition partner of the uh, Liberal National Party and they act as protection racket for each other. Yeah. So it's okay. pretty scathing. That is pretty scathing. Yeah. Um, and I think like, you know, a lot of people have been questioning whether we should trust what Rudd is saying. Um, well, he, yeah, I mean, he, he obviously has an agenda. So, yeah. yeah um, but I kind of also feel like he saw the workings from the inside yeah. as and well. Um, if it's an agenda to establish more fairness and equity in 
that's in Australian media, then is that yeah. a bad thing? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and so what he said is that uh, there have been 18 state and federal elections in Australia since 2010 mm. and the Murdoch press has viciously campaigned against Labor in all 18 elections. Yeah. And guess who won all 18 elections? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's – the, he, he compared it actually, especially the regional press, because um, the yeah. buying out of regional press means that like those journalists lose their jobs, and then it's just kind of they're told a, a storyline to 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 report in their mm-hmm. papers. And he mm-hmm. compared it to um, journalism in China. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where you've got this is the line today, guys. Report on that. Yeah, like, and of yeah. course, journalism in China is all state owned. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> and if anyone knows anything about journalism in China, Gosh. it would be Kevin Rudd. I would think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably true. Yeah. So um, I thought that was very interesting. So I guess that kind of also brings us to maybe the the biggest scandal that we like. Yeah, we thought yeah. that this might be the downfall this should, of should Murdoch, have been right? The end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was in 2012. Um, uh, there was a, an inquiry into a phone hacking phone scandal. Hacking. Yeah. Um, that in was Britain. in England. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was it was discovered that news journalists, News yeah. Corp journalists, yeah. had been. Um, Hacking the phones of politicians, all sorts of people, yeah, yeah celebrities, regular people, yeah, um, yeah, just all, to get like the scoops, random, yeah, really random people, yeah, um, and it was um, rampant, and it yeah. wasn't uh, secret; it was pretty blatant. Yeah, like once they started digging, like um, the evidence was all there. It was there to see. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was like a, a real culture of. Um, like almost spying. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it is spying. It's not almost spying. They, yeah, they no, were spying on people. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, like it's, it, I guess it kind of came out that, uh, yeah, Murdoch's papers were, and, and Murdoch's news organizations mm. uh, were using this information yep. to their own benefit. Yep. So when they wanted to change the wind of something, you, you, yeah. you bring out yeah. one of these scandalous things from yeah. something that you've hacked. And yeah. You, you want to try and push where the argument's going to go. Let's disgrace this person with what we've found out on, yeah. on their phones. Yeah. yeah. And so for really the first time that I'd ever seen in my lifetime, he mm. was brought before a government inquiry yeah. to answer for some things. And um, James and James Murdoch, his son. Yes. Yeah, he yep. was in charge of the sun. No, the, the news of the world. It was the news, news of, the of the world. It was yeah. the news of the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, so he was brought, he was brought before this inquiry. Um, and uh, kind of uh, people were wondering if he was in his sound <laughs> mind, yeah. uh, he was a little bit, yeah. he, he seemed like a very he, old man. He didn't seemed he? like he was in the later stages of dementia. He like, did. So I've, yeah. I've got a quote here. This yeah. is, uh, this is from um, the monthly magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, uh, so the Murdoch epoch was also supposed to end or at least begin to end on July 19, 2011, the self-described most humble day of Murdoch's life. The newsman called before the UK house of commons, culture, media and sport committee did his best impression of a human being. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so, you know, yeah, everyone kind of wondered like, is, is, <gasps> it was such an act, you know, I, I like, I but it was, it was a total yeah, act total because act. afterwards he's he fine. Absolutely he's fine. still running everything. Yeah. Um, so what I found really interesting was how they got it to that point. So mm. it all started with investigative journalist, uh, Nick Davies, who found out about it. He was reporting on it investigating it secretly, secretly for about 15 months. He, he, Post like 
on the, he's from the Guardian. Yep. He published the article, um, caused a bit of an uproar, caused a bit of a spat, but then the police didn't take any action. So it actually went away. Mm. And it wasn't until um, they, that girl went missing. Um, I think her name was Millie. Yep. Um, and there was a police investigation into her disappearance and her, her parents were checking her mobile, checking her mobile, leaving messages, then the message bank was full or something like that. Um, and then they rang again and then the message bank wasn't full anymore and they were like, oh, she has to be alive mm-hmm. because she's checked her phone. Yep. No, News of the World news had the hacked world had, her phone. Yeah. And so it was the public outrage that was caused by that. And then also this, it was called like this unholy alliance of people. So Hugh Grant was yeah. active in yeah, it yeah. because because he had been, um, you know, absolutely scrutinised and and um, yeah, his his career in the early two thousands was almost a toilet, I think, because of how he was portrayed in the media with paparazzi. And, yeah, and then Max Mosley. Yep. Yep. Do you know who that is? I don't. So he's the Formula One boss. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. that's right. Do you I know do his surname? That. No. Um, Mosley. Britain, Oswald Mosley started the fascist party in Britain. Oh, his son. His son. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, wow. wow. So he, they, they really pissed him off yeah. because they reported this story about some like orgy with these prostitutes or something, but then they brought the Nazi aspect into it. So everything in like Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Mm. And I don't think he denied the, uh, the actual activity, but he was like, but I am not a Nazi. I'm not a Nazi. And so mm. he, he's a millionaire. So he's like, I am going to sue you. Yeah. So he sued them and he won. Yeah. And he was, but then apparently that had like a devastating impact on his family life to the point where his son got involved in drugs again and ultimately died. Oh, wow. And so now it's personal. Gosh. And so he's like, That's I am going to destroy you. So what he did was he bankrolled the lawsuits of celebrities, anyone who wanted to sue um, the the Murdoch media for, um, you know, defamation or whatever. Mm, mm. Um, but, but found the potential costs a little bit um, too scary. He was yeah. like, I will bankroll you. Yeah, so wow. he bankrolled everybody. Wow. Um, he's like, I think you'll win, but if you don't, I'll pay for it. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, and he got together with, and then Nick Davies, who yeah, was yeah. the original yep. reporter and they made it all happen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's I actually, actually didn't read all that. That's, it's a really, oh, I got that from the documentary. Yeah, yeah. So that's the iView um, okay. doco, um, the second episode. Might have to watch that. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And that should have been the end, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. And yeah. um, it actually comes to um, after that. Um, so in 2017, mm. um, Australian, the Australian government passes new media ownership laws mm. in Australia, um, which scrap the two out of three rule. Okay, yeah, so, okay, this is ringing bells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so the two out of three rule said that you could own only two out of three companies in a same city uh, that was newspaper, radio, and television. Yeah. Right, so you could have a newspaper or a television, a newspaper or a radio, you a television or a radio. You can't have all three. Yeah. Right. But and we they, got, they got rid of that. They got rid of that. <gasps> right. Far Which is where, so, and obviously Murdoch goes on a buying spree. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and now owns 70% of the Australian, of Australian media. media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny though, um, he also, uh, 2018 is when he started to sell things as well. So that's when he sold off um, Fox. Yeah. Uh, so 21st Century Fox yeah, he's, to, he's, and di- to Disney. To Disney. So he starts, yeah, he's. Yeah. he's d- he sold d- off a lot of Asia. It's divesting. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, nerd. No, that's right. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, 
He's, yeah, he started to sell stuff, but yeah. it's funny. He's only selling, he's selling like his entertainment things and yes. he's selling like. Yeah, but he's keeping. He's keeping what, the what, news. What is, and yeah. The stuff that and is important is to. That? It's the yeah. stuff that is important to him. It's yeah. the stuff that has influence over yes. everything yeah. that he does. Yeah. Um, okay, I did. I just yeah. want to, I forgot a fun fact for the phone hacking scam. Fun fact. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. With Siobhan. <laughs> Thank you. That's okay. Okay, so um, did you know this? Rupert Murdoch was once reported dead by his own newspaper. <laughs> did you know that? No, I did no? not. No, coincidentally. Tell me, tell me. Yeah, the day before Murdoch, his son James and former CEO Rebecca Brooks were to give testimony about the phone hacking scandal, Digital Vigilante, Gru- Vigilante Groups Anonymous and LolSec hacked the News Corp owns the Sun website and posted an article on its homepage claiming that Murdoch had died from a drug overdose. Fascinating. I found, is, I found that quite that interesting. That is hilarious. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's very yeah. fun. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> um, so I like one of the things that I wanted to say as we come to the end of this episode mm. is that uh, Murdoch is quite vocal about the fact that his mum uh, lived to the ripe old age of 104. Yeah. And that he intends, you know, he to, intends to just keep going. He's just going to keep going. He's, well, I mean, he's only recently married you know, again. So. Um, and so um, <laughs> he had a fall on his son's yacht in, in – 2018, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and and after that, it was like all the news executives were like, well, maybe we should start thinking about, you know, succession, mm. Mr. Murdoch. Mm. And he's like, nah, maybe we shouldn't. But anyway, they started doing it anyway. And they, yeah. were, they were thinking, you know, probably Lachlan will take yes. over. Like it's all yes. like, we're, and, and so they started preparing for things. Yeah. But then he was like, nope, I'm yes. still going, everyone. Yeah. I'm on. And I'm, Must be how Charles you know, feels about. I'm gonna keep going. Um, yeah, and and he um, and and so um, um, James Murdoch yeah. is famous for saying to someone I can't remember who he said it to now. Um, it was a newspaper yeah. that he was working with, mm-hmm. and they were preparing a an obituary for Rupert Murdoch. Which they, you know, they <laughs> they do file. that. They yeah, they yeah, have yeah, obituaries yeah. on file, yeah. right? Yeah. So they were gonna do it, and and um, and James was like, Nah, he's not gonna die. He will never. He will never die. die. Yeah, and he's reported to, and they said, "Oh, let's just do it." And he's like, "No, he will never die." Yeah, <laughs> which is scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, like, um, succession is is has been an interesting factor, I think, in all of this. With the three kids, like, there's Sarah, Lachlan, and James. So he has others, but they seem to be the three. Um, but like, it really is just Lachlan who is left now yeah. um, because Sarah's separated herself from the family and she runs her own company. And James has recently stepped down. um, And I have an interesting quote. Yeah, because he doesn't like what's going on, does he? he? He's married to a climate change activist. Yeah, right. Wow. So this is is from the 11th of October. It's very recent. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald. Mm. Um, So James says, I reached the conclusion that you can venerate a contest of ideas, if you will, and we all do that, and that's important, but it shouldn't be in a way that hides agendas. A contest of ideas shouldn't be used to legitimise disinformation, and I think it's often taken advantage of. And I think at a great news, at great news organisations, the mission really should be to introduce fact to disperse doubt, not to sow doubt to obscure fact, if you will. Mm, there you go. So there you go, from someone very close to the source. Yeah. So I guess that, like we, we don't know exactly what might happen to, to no. Murdoch's empire, but uh, at the moment Murdoch has a lot of hidden power, I, I guess, yeah. um, which is what Kevin Rudd is trying to 
to change. Yeah. And so uh, if you if you do feel like you might want to sign his petition, mm. I've signed his petition. As have I. Um, have you, can, you, James? Yeah. Good job, Yeah, so James. you can you, – if you Google – Kevin Rudd Murdoch petition. It'll it'll just it'll come there. up. Um, it's a it's a new it's a new support. It's an Australian government. Uh, yeah, it's not a change.org thing. It's no, a real no. Um, it's like the uh, aph.gov.au. I'm pretty sure is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can head there, and that petition has to be taken directly to Parliament if it reaches reaches you know, a certain amount in which we've yeah. already reached. So yes. it's, it's definitely going yeah. to make it to parliament, whether or not yeah. they discuss it or not, that's going to be up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, in order to avoid um, headlines like this, so this is about Ardern, Jacinda Ardern, um, danger across the ditch as incompetent Ardern wins office. Yeah. <laughs> Have your say. You know, and of course, like, like we've seen Dan Andrews be like completely attacked Absolutely. in Melbourne over the coronavirus yeah. responses, um, you know, um, it, it just it it does feel a little bit like whatever Murdoch wants he gets, yeah. Um, and that's not good for a democracy. No. Um, so yeah. Have your say, guys. Have your say. Yep. Yep. Um, that's how it came to this. <laughs> As always, you can catch us by email. How did it come to this podcast at gmail.com? Uh, we have our Twitter and Facebook accounts at HDICTT Podcast. If you like the show, please remember to leave a review and give us a like if you can. How did it come to this is written by Daniel Matters and Siobhan Doherty. Our producer is James Tuckwell, edited by Daniel Matters, original music by Lachlan McWhorter.